0: In episode six of the Practical Trainer podcast, I was lucky enough to get some time with Josh Martinson. Josh is part owner of Elevate Fit Life in downtown Bellevue, Washington, and one of the most professional personal trainers that I had ever worked with. In this episode, he shares his journey of becoming a gym owner. He has worked in a variety of gym settings, and I think uh, he offers a really unique experience of being exposed to a lot of different roles within those gyms. And I think this is really valuable insight for anybody who wants to work in the fitness industry. Josh and I also go into his day-to-day as a gym owner and how his role shifts depending on what the goals of the gym are at any given moment. He has a passion for building teams and helping them operate to full potential. And then we also talk shop and different training philosophies and how he's adapted training larger groups of people Um, I didn't expect to get 90 minutes of content with him, but uh, it was a really awesome conversation and we ended up talking for like over two hours. It was really nice to catch up with Josh. You know, I look forward to seeing what he's up to in the near future and I hope you enjoyed our conversation here.
1: Yeah, Where did you start in fitness? That's a good good place to start. Um, So, went to Western Washington University, started training there. And so that's kind of, I, I knew going into college that I wanted to pursue fitness in some some degree, and started training there, started teaching classes, and uh, got an opportunity to work at a small gym, uh, making my way as a trainer. So learned the FMS, and that's learned Mike Boyle right from the start. And I don't like that was probably the best thing I could have started with. I mean, like I would have traded. so it for lucky. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> you're so lucky. That's so just walking into functional movement screen, understanding progressions, regressions. Why do you do what you do instead of just making up stuff? Yeah. (laughs) So that's where I started um, and learning. We were doing one-on-one training, but also the model was going towards semi-private, which I had never done before. It was like one-on-one. And so like, that's where I learned how to train five different people at an hour each having their own individual program. Damn. And that was, so we did a split shift. It was four hours in the morning, a couple hour break. I get my workout in, get some food and four hours at night and killed it. Like it was, it was overwhelming at first, but then once you get into your groove, it was like,
0: how did they pay you for that?
1: So you get paid. It was per unit. So a session. So each person was a unit. And so mm-hmm. the goal was to get, Five units or five people per that hour. Okay. And so you can, you know, if you get five people in that hour, you're making great money. Um, and so it was, it was awesome. And then I worked my way up to assistant fitness director where I was helping out with sales, learning okay. that whole back end, um, you know, how to take somebody who is coming into a big gym, get them into what we call a success planning appointment, sitting them down and then having them join a workout doing the workout and bringing them back. So they get a little taste and then they come back. So it was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, from the assistant position, I became a fitness director where I was just pure sales uh, while teaching a few classes. Um,
0: what do you prefer?
1: Honestly, um, I would say like, even if you're a trainer, you're still doing sales.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: So always, I, I have the passion to build up trainers and like, make sure they're like they have a foundation did you know
0: that coming like because you want to get into fitness like mm-hmm. you wanted to you know do personal training with people like when did you realize that you like that part of it
1: honestly it wasn't until that's um, probably this the last six months um, so when I I'll, I'll get to how, where I'm at an elevate but it wasn't until six months where I was like in charge of of trainers and realizing that I was a good trainer myself and I started somewhere. And there are things that you do, things you don't do. You and know, helping
0: them try and get. Yeah,
1: be the best, be better than me because that's going to help out the business. That's just going to help out everybody. And that's so, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I was at Bellingham Fitness for uh, quite a few years I think three, three and a half years, one year as a fitness director, but got burnt out because I was doing the job of um, essentially two people because I was doing sales. I was managing the freezes, the cancellations, all that stuff, and then leading our team. So usually you have offense and defense. Uh, (laughs) I was doing both, running both sides of the field, and so uh, I got burned out, so I ended up stepping down to uh, head trainer, and so just leading our training department, you know, doing, um, we call it an exercise library. So like once a month, we would make sure everybody's speaking the same language with like, how do you do a band assisted leg lower? Like, how are you teaching a push up? What are your cues? Because in a group of five people, if someone, if Susie's over there and her push up looks like poop, how do you tell her while you're working with Joanne, like in less than 10 seconds, do this, not that it's good. You know? And so that's, that's- that was that what makes a good coach. And so that's something where I was like, man, I, I enjoy this you know, more than just pure sales. And so I was there for a year and actually, uh, side note, I met my wife at Western and we taught a bunch of classes at the same places. at like, I think two or three places. I hired her on as a trainer at Bellingham Fitness. She became my assistant for like six months. And then I stepped down, became head trainer and we kind of started dating we didn't want to do the whole dating at work thing but we were just like at, at, at one point it was like hey we we, we we don't need to care about this like it's yeah. something where um like the owner was dating uh his secretary i mean his um uh, what was it someone in the business as well so it's like okay it's hard yeah. uh
0: and Fit, I mean, I did the same thing when I started. I was like, ah, yeah, I'm not dating, but uh, three and a half years, I think, and then Janelle yeah. showed up, when and I mean, it's just like, it. you know, it's four years now, next month, and I mean, it's been awesome. That's
1: awesome, man. So, it just happens. You know? yeah, I don't know. So, we we, uh, <laughs> we started dating, um, but then uh, Shane Gruger, yeah, yeah. He, he was a coach uh, at Bellingham Fitness, too. We hired him, and then... He, we were both talking like we wanted to, because things weren't uh, going great there, so we wanted to continue to grow, and so he looked into Pro Club, and he oh, looked into it first, okay. and it wasn't until then, I was like, man, you know, I looked into it, I was like, this looks like a good place to work, you know, and I knew that Bellingham area wasn't, like, in order for I wanted to get higher in my career, that oh. wasn't the place to be, Absolutely. Um, unless I was going to try and open up my own thing, but I didn't have that ability at that time. So I got a job at pro club and loved it. Like I came from having not a great owner and manager, um, to literally having, you know, Carl and Josh have direction, you know, this is what you do. This is, you know, what you need to do to make money. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I I really learning experience. Yeah,
0: I mean, And there's so many other, not even just like Carl and Josh have done awesome since I've started there, uh, seeing how they've influenced things like in favor of the trainers and just like all the moves that they're making still Mm -hmm. are like, you know, they're hearing us out and doing everything they can to put us in a position where we can be successful. But it's also the trainers that come in and guys that have influenced me. Like we talked about them earlier, like Justin, I mean, Sean, Mm -hmm. at some point I'm going to get time to talk to him. Men, I mean, you got these guys that are like masters of their craft. They're like killing it, crushing their numbers. Like they're, I don't know, they're still finding time to learn new things. I mean, it was just super motivating to come into that environment. And you just a lot to learn. Yeah. well, That's seven years now there.
1: and That's awesome. I
0: mean, I'm still learning stuff.
1: Yes. And I think it's a matter of perspective. Like when you come in fresh out of college and this is your first job, like. (laughs) I was overwhelmed. yeah, Yeah. For me, understanding like, hey, this is. I had great instruction, but the leadership wasn't yeah. the best. Yeah, And then going to pro where the leadership was great in terms of, you know, looking out for the trainers, you had benefits. They were paying for your CECs, world-class facility. Oh, yeah. um, if you want to make more money, you train, you get paid for this stuff. You know, it's just like they take care of you. And, you know, I was only there for a short amount of time. Um,
0: That's what I was really curious about. Um, is that, you went to Boeing after that.
1: Yeah, because what had happened was I actually – applied to Boeing, um, actually before Pro Club. So I actually um, applied to Boeing cause I saw this opportunity and didn't get, they weren't hiring at the moment. So they kept my file on there. And then about, I think 10 months into Pro Club, they reached out to me saying, Hey, we would like to interview you. And so that was, um, when I, Realized like to further my career and to have something that was a little bit more stable and where I could count on. Okay, this is what I'm going to be taking in, you know, each month, um, mm-hmm. and not have it be sales oriented. Because this is you would get a salary. Uh, I was I was a contractor, but you would get X amount per per month. Uh, benefits were were pretty good, and so made the choice to do that. And so that moved me from uh, Bellevue to uh, Tucuilla. And so we, when my wife and got, my wife and I got married, we moved to Renton because she ended up getting a job uh, at Boeing as well. And so we moved. Doing there similar to stuff. At first she was doing different things. She was doing, um, it's called industrial athlete. So it was oh. working with the people who make the planes to help prevent injury. And so it was super, it was like physical therapy type movements. So very basic stuff. And then she moved into what we call well being, which is more fitness oriented. Mm, okay. So that's where I started. I started fitness. She started industrial athlete. Um, and it was something where I loved Boeing. I mean, it was, it was awesome. I met a lot of great people and, and learned a different side of the fitness industry, you know, the corporate side. And, um, Boeing is, is a place where there is no, uh, sales pressure so it's you just teach class uh you man a fitness center and uh, you do some some one-on-one training or some small group in there as well but you you know you clean the treadmills you okay you know so it's like you make badges yeah. for people and so it's like it's different i mean it is definitely different and um i wouldn't say one is better than the other like if you like to grind then pro club is that place. Cause you can work more and make more. Yeah. It's like on commission based. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but at Boeing, I definitely hit a point where, like you had kind of mentioned when we were talking before I hit a ceiling where I was like, I can't go any further. Like this is, my classes are at 29 to 32 people a class, which was crazy. Um, a lot of fun and you know, a lot of good relationships were formed over there. And, but I was like, man, I I need to, if I want to keep going, you know, my wife and I always had our dream to own our own facility and do our own thing, the way we learned at uh, Bellingham fitness, but do it with better management, which would be us running it, you know? So from there, it was actually my mom and my aunt asked me like, Hey, would you be able to train us just one-on-one? And I'm like, I I didn't think about that. Like, let me see if I can work some, some things out because one to have, to find a gym that allows contracted trainers is few and far between. And he was doing some contracted training at this place uh, in Bellevue called body transformations. And so I reached out to him, you know, talk with the owner And started working there um, while working at Boeing, so I was doing you know half and half. So it was essentially I'd work um, you know training for three hours in the morning, and then I'd work a full day at Boeing. Um, So I was grinding for like two years doing that, just building up clientele, literally just word of mouth. Um, And then finally, you know, we ran the numbers, and it was I was making the same, if not more, doing the training on the side than I was at Boeing. And so I'm like, this just makes sense. This is going in the path to help us, you know, get our own facility at some point. And so I made that leap. Uh, it was definitely a leap of faith for us. Cause it's like, you get something that you get a paycheck every two weeks that, you know, what's going to be. And we know training where it's one month. It's, Oh, it's awesome. And then summer hits. Yeah. <laughs> or vacations are sick. sick or injury, whatever, but something happens. Um, and so from there, the Place where I was training at body transformations, um, I moved to a different place. It was uh, kind of a studio to more of a garage gym called Dynamics Fitness. Uh, Scott, there, the owner, super awesome guy, has a great thing going over there. And so he was, he helped me transition my clients over there. Um, and I was able to train my groups with him doing his one on one in his groups. Um, so that was that was kind of the the conglomerate there. And if I rewind to Boeing, how this elevate thing, how I'm owning my own gym now, um, there was a yoga teacher and his name was Craig. We were talking about this stuff and he was saying that him, him and his, um, his son and his fiance at the time just opened up a gym in Bellevue and called elevate fit life. And it was crazy because a couple weeks prior, I had found them on Instagram and started following them randomly, like just out of the blue. <laughs> and I told him that uh, my wife and I, our dream is to own a room facility. And he's like, you should meet up with Tony and, and um, you know, grab coffee with him and, and you know, just kind of shoot the breeze with him. And I did it. Tony was super like open to tell me the things that he did and experience. Um, and so we met. We talked for like an hour. Great guy, Um, you know, started he started from Orange Theory, managing Orange Theories and, you know, realizing that there were some things about that that he wanted to change and do differently. And so, you know, they opened up their own studio in downtown Bellevue, um, focusing on, you know, strength based hit training and, you know, functional movements but not just doing high intensity all the time, but mixing in straight training. And um, I was like, "Man, you guys are doing a great thing. They have, you know, a great following. Their place is beautiful." And so we kept in contact for a year. You know, I continued to do my own thing, building that up. And then opportunity came where um, they were moving to Arizona, and you know they reached out and asked if you know my wife and I wanted to look into pursuing this. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and it was something where these doors opened, you know, God presented this opportunity where completely out of our perception of what could actually happen it's like, what our plan was this, but this door opened where it's like, you'd be kind of stupid to not take it, you know? And so, um, it was originally going to be, uh, Nicole and I, and then the other owners who started Tony and Katrina. Um, but it would have been, kind of a lot on us, uh, in terms of, you know, financially taking part in this, in this business venture, but, um, Candace and Brian, they were members of Elevate from day one and, you know, they love community and they wanted to be a part of this in some way, shape or form. So we ended up doing a partnership. And so, um, you know, three-way ownership and it, you know, I started took over. So I actually started working at Elevate as a trainer for like two, three months because I had a, like I thought that this could potentially happen. So I wanted to, you know, get my you know my face in there, get to know the members. So it wasn't something where it's like all of a sudden I take over and I'm like, hey, I'm the new guy yeah, here. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's really smart.
1: Yeah, and it it was. I mean, and it honestly, getting to know the members there like made me. Like this, this makes sense because the members were awesome. You know, I loved what they were doing with their classes. Um, They just have a great vibe, and you know, we're we're all about community and just having a tight knit group. You know, and so uh, we pursued it. Started in October, and it's been uh, it's been a ride since man, an awesome. It's been a lot of work, but it's been you know, I'm I'm waking up every day like excited, and um, that's awesome. It's it's definitely something where I didn't think that in 2019 and 2020, I could say like, I own my own facility. You know, it's like, it's, it's pretty surreal, you know, and it's <laughs> definitely feel super blessed that, you know, God provided this opportunity and we took that leap of faith to be like, Hey, we've been like, we're, we're prepared for this. Like, even though we were, we're, we can't predict what's going to happen. It's like, we've learned throughout the, this, this uh, process. And it's, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, so that's kind of where, where we're at right now um, with uh, with the gym. It's exciting. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: I think it's trying to highlight somebody comes into the industry because they like exercise or they, love, you know, they want to be a strength coach, and then just all the different avenues that people could potentially go. I think it's really interesting, like how you've kind of found your way. But it seemed like pretty early on, from the beginning, you knew. Like this is where you wanted to go, as far as like you were in a gym, you kind of worked your way up, being into the the sales and managing, but then you wanted to do it like in a way that you thought was more efficient or just like mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man.
1: I mean, it's it's definitely something where in college, you know, I was I was in into personal training for like to make money. I was like, I just want to work with people and make money. Like I, <laughs> and it was just one on one. That that was my. My thought processes work one on one. And honestly, it wasn't until, you know, started pursuing my faith a little bit where it's like, hey, don't just see what you do as a way to make money. It's like, look at what you do as a way to impact people. And once that happened, to really like understand it's all about relationships, it changed the way I think about what I do. And so it was no longer people equals dollar signs. It was like, like people just yeah, people. yeah and yeah. then the money will come like if you're if you invest in the people with you know being genuine and really trying to get to know them and why they're at or they're at for a reason you know and understanding like how can you help them be a better version of themselves it's like the money's gonna take care of itself and that's and obviously it takes pressure off of us too because it's like hey we're not um we're there to assist them in any way that we can and you know, just let them understand that they're loved and cared for and, you know, just known because people want to be known. And it's like, um, as you know, being a trainer, you get to know people on a deep level. Yeah. I mean, you, whether you want to or not (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like not many people besides psychologists and, and people who like counselors, like you get to really know people and, and understand what gets in the tick, and you know, hear things that are going on in their life, and be able to speak into it with with wisdom and and, and influence them in a way that's positive, you know. And so, um, that's something that I love about our our, our industry is uh, is meeting different people, all walks of life, learning from them, not just us teaching them, but we actually get taught by them sometimes too about this you know, anything and everything.
0: You know, some, I had no idea coming into the field that it would be that way. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty lucky to have had clients for years and I mean, just the opportunities that come with knowing them and just knowing what they're up to. And like, I don't know, we're in an area here where there's some people doing some pretty cool stuff, like here in the tech industry and like just being that close to it. It's like,
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man, it's it's pretty nuts. And crazy thing is like some of my clients, have even come to my wedding, you know, and it's like, they're, they're friends and it's like, right. they've, they've helped out, you know, Nicole and I, my wife, you know, tremendously just, you know, support and, um, it's just been cool, man. And it wouldn't have happened if, you know, didn't pursue fitness and, and, and do it for the right reasons, you know, cause it's, you know, you have obviously both ends of the spectrum where people are in it just to make money and they don't normally last too long. To be completely honest, I don't think I, I think you're right. Yeah, and the people who are in it for the right reasons to actually, you know, make a mark on society and to help people, you know, see, you know, fitness as a as a holistic way of living, not just you got to go to the gym. It's like let's 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 take a step back. It's it's more than that, you know. Yeah, because you're gonna be working a lot.
0: I mean, that's just especially early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna be grinding out. I mean, you're gonna be. You have to learn and go through those experiences as a trainer, right? Yeah. But how did you know, if you could backtrack and figure out like, because now you said you really do like doing more of the sales type stuff and building Mm -hmm. the team. Yeah. Because you did that in college a little bit and then you scaled back to head trainer. Mm -hmm. And now you're going back to like running the show. Yeah if somebody came into the industry, how would they know that that might be something that they're interested in?
1: That's a good question. I think it's, it's something where um, for me, it was an opportunity presented itself, you know, so it's, it's taking advantage of opportunities. And so if there's, you know, if I'm talking to anybody who is in a similar situation where, you know, there's an opportunity to pursue, you know, whether it's management or assistant management in terms of like being a head trainer, you know, taking more responsibility and you feel you know overwhelmed by i don't know if i'm ready do it like that you're gonna learn you know you don't have to be perfect at it or yeah. else you know it's just you're gonna learn as you do it and it's something where you'll get better at, as time goes on but it's like put yourself in uncomfortable situations because i'm you know <laughs> this it's like yeah. we're, we're we're too quick to be like i'm just good i'm, I'm i don't want to uh kind of mix up my routine but it's it's when you mix up your routine and you do something that scares the crap out of you like i don't know if i'm ready is when you see like oh wow i i'm i'm growing i'm getting better my craft is getting you know refined and it's you know it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable you know and that's for me it had to do with public speaking and um i joined uh sidetracked for a second, I joined BNI, which is a yeah. business networking group, and I was freaking scared shitless, man. Like, <laughs> It's like, a, literally, you give a presentation about your business every single meeting, and it's you meet once a week. And so, going from not speaking, I mean, with group fitness, you do, you're on a stage, you know, and so, that technically is public speaking, but... It is
0: different. It is different, it's but yeah. You don't have like, talking about yourself.
1: Yeah. And so that put me in some serious, uncomfortable situation. like, man, I had to think on the fly and um, you have to give an eight minute presentation every you know, three, four months to talk to new people about your business. And um, I definitely grew from that, man. It's like learning, okay, I can do this differently. You know, how can I be better at engaging the crowd? Um, and so to anybody out there who's trying to figure out where they want to be at, it's, Try things. You're not going to know what you want to do until you try things. Gary Vee, You yeah, talk about right, all the time. Right. Like, it's like- <laughs> if you're 25 or 30 and you still don't know what you're doing, like take a deep breath, like relax. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you if you take time to figure out, like okay, I'm really passionate about this, that might not be five years down the road until you keep pursuing opportunities where
0: it's. Well, you don't really know what you don't know, right? So, like the opportunities, like you said, you never imagine the way it happened for you. Like oh. you just had to go and work. And um, what was the guy's name at the seminar we talked about that. He was uh, talking about like, you just work and you'd like put yourself in front of more work and try things and then like opportunities. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Crips, was it? No, uh, it was the Irish, Irish.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I know what you're talking
0: yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, you just don't know what you don't know. You go out and you try, and then you find things maybe you don't like, and well, at least now you know. Exactly. And then you find potential and things that doors open. Mm-hmm. And you got to just know when to go, right? I don't know. Yeah. Especially I mean, if you're scared. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it, it's something where becoming a trainer. I never thought I would manage a fitness uh, a fitness department, um, and now managing a, a studio like it's something where. You know, I, I showed my, my talents and my traits as a trainer and it was, um, shout out to Sean Dos Blair, he's um, account executive for uh, MBSC Thrive. So that's what, so essentially what he does is he goes to like 24-hour fitnesses or, or gyms that are established and helps them implement a training program from the membership side and from the training side and helps out with everything. Okay. So like, if you don't have a personal training department or you do, they go in and implement their system. That's been proven. Like Mike Boyle literally has his name on it. Like you're doing stuff that he does with his, his athletes, you know, for semi-private groups for, you know, the general population. And so I learned from Sean and he's a, he's one of my best friends and he's, um, saw potential in me and he's like, you should you should try this. You should look to pursue this. Cause you have some, some skills that I think could make you really good here at this position. And I was like, really? And it wasn't until like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll try it. And, you know, I found out that I was pretty good at it and then got better as time went on and, you know, failed along the way, but learned from like, learned from those mistakes and got better. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just, jumping on opportunities when they present themselves and not letting fear get in the way.
0: So, you know, we got to talking basically like from where you started to where you're at now. Mm -hmm. And then now obviously you have some pretty big goals you need to hit. It sounds like you're doing it though. Like uh, this month you had to get to 15.
1: Yeah. This has some goals um, because we didn't have a, a great January and it was just, matter of reshifting focus, which is, you know, learning experience. Some never managed a, we have like two, over 200 members. Okay. Um, And so yeah, yeah, that's, that's solid. And so it's managing that and managing, you know, the experience. How many more do you guys need? Well, I mean, we're working at like half capacity right now.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: like Saturdays are the main days where we have like 30 people per class. And so we average probably, wow. you know, you're going to have to come try a workout, homie. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But it's definitely looking forward. I mean, um, we want to have months where we're going our membership, you know, doubling it, you know, cause it's something where we want to max capacity without adding any more classes to keep overhead obviously down. Um, so crush it, uh, you know, for the next you know, a couple years and then kind of game plan of whether it's, you know, building another one kind of close to where we live in Issaquah um, or a different location, maybe in the Bothell area. Um, But yeah. And then also thinking about, you know, long-term stuff, I would like to work to some capacity, um, you know, continuing to train trainers up, you know, and so, you know, have that be, a focus of mine in the future, once we build up our membership base, where you know maybe have somebody come in and just focus on sales, where I can focus on the training side of things, and you know making sure that all the trainers are speaking the same language. Um, it's basically improving the quality of the
0: training staff.
1: Yeah, and then because so so often, man, it's it's all about experience. It's like, what do you experience that makes you want to stay at a place? Because if everything, if you go to a group fitness facility. A lot of it is generally the same. There is some some differences where, you know, you're doing just treadmill, you're doing bike, you're doing rowers, and you do a little bit of strength. Like, a lot of people are doing the same thing, so how do you differentiate yourself? And it's, you know, the trainers being really, really good at what they're doing, um, providing an experience where, like, man, I, I want to come back. Like, it feels like a, a, a family that I <laughs> don't want to leave, you know? And so like digging deeper into that in the future is definitely something where I'd like to, I'd like to explore. Um, but I love what I'm doing right now. And so it's like, I'm refocusing on sales because it is, you know, it is a relationship in order to, you know, to build a business. We got to bring people in and get them to join the family, you know? So it's how do I get better at my craft and not make it like they're going to use, you know a car dealership where they're going to go oh, right yeah. you know those those sales so it's you know just hitting their why you know why are they there um being able to fight through objections that you know are kind of just a facade you know it's like price aside what is actually you know preventing you from reaching your goals the time is it you know your spouse is it uh you know procrastination what what, what is it you know um what 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 barriers are you trying to fight through. So really getting into the psychology of things, um, you know, Luca, host of army, he, he reads so much. So it's like yeah. learning, reading the books that are talking about the, the psychology of things to really, you know, help those prospective clients and to be able to battle those objections and get them to join. Cause it could be as simple as asking a question like why, you know, Josh, if you don't want me asking, why do you need to think about it? You know, what's preventing you from starting today to reach those goals that you're super pumped about, you know, and not that's not awkward. You know, it's just it it could be for a second because they're probably not used to that. They're probably just like, oh, let me think about it. And then, okay, sounds good. Right. But we know by thinking about it, excuses are going to come right when you leave the door. Just absolutely. So being able to um, like the experience that you had with that uh, car salesman, he literally presented all all the options. (laughs) <laughs> and didn't speak for like two minutes
0: yeah i was like you know? man i just i could feel it now like that pressure it was just like man i don't know what why am i not doing this like this makes no sense not to
1: mm-hmm.
0: and who knows what i thought about for two minutes but i he got the sale so
1: yeah and so <laughs> you know, for me just wanted to build this community to um you know to its max and and really because our mission statement is you know to build a community of, of people who like to serve others, you know, and to help them realize, you know, how they can use their talents and their skills to benefit society. You know, and so it's like building a pe- you know, group of people who are just on the same mission. They just, you know, they, they love to work out, they take their health seriously, but not only that, because we know that once you take care of your health, it affects everything else. So just building a tribe of people who just are about the same thing. So I want to, I want to do that to the max as you transition to,
0: you know, less training and more sales or training other trainers. Yeah. How much does that give you interaction with the members ongoing, like after they onboard?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something where, uh, cause coming on, I had to meet a whole bunch of new people, you right. know, and it's like, right. Man, I don't know you very well. Like I'm, I'm trying to like motivate you when I don't really know, why you started here. Right. So that was, it's crazy, man. It didn't feel like I had ownership of it until like a couple months in. I was like, man, I, this is, it feels like I'm, I'm in somebody else's place, which I was, but it's something where, you know, I've made an investment into it, but it is my place. And so, you know, that mental, um, that mental game of, okay, bro, like you, made an investment. This is now a party. This is your place. Like start thinking like that and see these people as your, your people. And uh, once that kind of clicked and then also just putting in work of getting to know people, um, you know, just taking time because I'm there pretty much Monday through Saturday, um, you know, from like seven until five or six every night. And so it's, I get to see the morning people, so the not the early early morning people because I used to teach super early, so I know them. But like the afternoon and then the evening people, and so um, now when I'm focused on sales, like those people that I get to, you know, get to bring into the family. Now it's like, okay, like hey, Sarah, let me push you this way because I know that you're really trying to get to a lower percent body fat and you want to be able to help with your kids, you know, uh, and feel in a good place after, you know, your pregnancy. So it's like, I can push her because I was, I signed her up. Right. You yeah. know, so it, I have that, that attachment is, is there. And, um, I'm excited to do that more to be able to bring in new people, you know, and, and, uh, get them introduced to what we do, uh, and I feel closer to them because I'm the one to I'm the one who signed them up, you know.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, as you do less training and you're still in the gym like ten hours a day, well, what do you do? Like, yeah. what does most of the day look like? <clears throat>
1: so I do um, semi-private training for an hour uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I teach a couple classes throughout the week of uh, group, you know, large group classes. Um, Saturdays are popping. Uh, eight o'clock, 915. Those are normally maxed out at 30. Um, And what I'm doing is um, reaching out to people via email that, you know, have a desire to come in for a free workout, you know, any ads that are running, you know, service those leads, uh, keep in contact with them, um, you know, making sure that everybody that I've interacted with that's logged, you know, a lot of back end work, um, freezes, cancels, uh, people are having, you know, problems with, you know, anything and everything. Um, and then also making sure that, the, you know, I, I create workouts, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So making sure those workouts are, um, you know, new in the way of like different ways of doing um, different formats is a better way of saying it just to keep it, um, you know, fresh with our membership. Um, in addition to that. I do work out um, in there and, you know, it, it's definitely something where, you know, there's things that come at me, you know, every day that I didn't plan for, whether it's something that needs to be attended to, um, you know, making sure the trainers are uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, you know, programming, you know, a follow-up and also obviously, you know, new people wanted to join the gym, take them through an introduction, you know, show them the gym, get them ready for a workout. They go through a workout. Then I sit down with them mm. and talk about options. So that's kind of the basis of what I do. And each day is, is slightly different, you know, depending on, um, you know, what's going on, but nice. so
0: there right. we go. do the trainers program all their own classes or do you
1: so we have, right now, we have three trainers, um, well, f- four trainers. So Monday, Monday, Wednesday, our coach Amber, she coaches, she makes the workouts. And then um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I create the workouts. And then um, Friday, Sunday, our other coach, Joy, creates the workouts. Uh, and we also have a coach named Jared. He does, I don't know if you've heard of Train Centric. It's an app-based class um, or app-based uh, app that is like you can do different workouts, but it's um, tempo-based, so it's all about mm-hmm. eccentric, concentric, you know, really focusing on those things. And so we have we've been able to take that and put it into a group fitness environment, which is pretty crazy because it's normally just something you do by yourself at the gym. Um You're like a
0: metronome or something.
1: It's it's it, you have to. It's essentially like there's a a bar that's okay, five second eccentric with a one second pause pause and then no uh yeah, yeah concentric. So it's just like it literally counts your reps for you. And so you're you know, cause nobody one, it's hard to count your reps, especially if you're doing eccentric. Yeah. yeah. So having an app that helps that's you with that. Cool. Um so shout out to Train Centric. Um and Jared, he's he's awesome and he's a visionary in what he's doing and helping us being able to really focusing on the experience for our members because he uh, just started implementing um, some things that have definitely increased our engagement with those classes. More people are coming um, and enjoying the classes too. So it was like, you know, understanding like the music is a huge important part of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, uh, we have a, a variety of classes. Um, so each, each day is a different focus, but we do focus on, so it's a strength-based hit um, class. Some days it's more based on cardio. Some days it's more strength. Some days it's half and half. But it's like today was emphasis on um, what was it? Shoulders, shoulders and triceps. You know, it's like kind of random. Sometimes random, but sometimes it's like all posterior chain, all you know frontal. Let's say it's more core-based. You know, core cardio. Um, and so that way, somebody who is doing an has an unlimited membership can come in and not do the same exact workouts day in and day out.
0: Is that the most common membership?
1: Yeah. So there's, unlimited. we only have two basic memberships. So one time a week and unlimited.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: Most people do the unlimited. Yeah. There's some people we, we recommend the one time a week. Like if you already have a program, mm. like a strength based program that you're already doing and just want some, you know, high intensity, <laughs> work but we definitely have great results with people coming in you know doing the limited whether it's you know three times a week even two times a week you know as a as a coach you know yeah, yeah. the more they they do it the better results are going to get
0: and then the format for the class so how much into the strength training like what's the most people are lifting like as far as squat deadlift um yeah. i mean tempo is huge that's such an underrated thing yeah I mean, if you just put somebody in a tempo, like even a body weight activity becomes <laughs> challenging. I, yep. I think that's a very underrated use uh, of changing the environment. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm curious just how much versus, cause then I guess that kind of shifts what you guys are doing more like for fat burning or like building muscle. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, training is a little different.
1: They're just different curious. People, yeah, yeah. Different people have different goals. And so for, our male clients that really want to focus on, you know, putting on muscle, something where there's a tendency in our workouts to obviously have cardio in there. And so it's like, Hey, let's structure your, your workout week to, you know, focus on days where you're just focusing on going as heavyweight as possible with certain movements and doing, you know, lighter cardio, not going as intense. And then we'll have one, maybe two days where you focus on lighter weights and you trying to get through those rounds, you know, and keep that heart rate high. And so, and the classes are all kind of set up that way. Yeah. So we have, we have stations in which you go through. And so, um, the coach demos, um, the exercises that are involved in each of those, uh, groups. And it's, you know, we're using kettlebells. We're using not full length barbells. It's kind of the studio barbell. Um, and so we can't do Olympic lifting, uh, there's a restaurant below us, so we can't um, drop weights, and so um, we have to be mindful of that. But we do any movement that you would, you know, see at a normal gym. Um, we don't have mirrors, which is uncommon. Interesting. Um, so we have windows. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> windows Windows are are the best feature. Oh, one of the, the best features. It's um, you know floor to ceiling windows. We're on a corner, so to get. Uh, we, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's downtown Bellevue. We're right next to uh, Taco Time. And, okay. Uh, Opus, Opus Bank, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely the flow of the class. You come in, um, there's a dynamic warm-up on the board already, so we recommend people coming in five to ten minutes beforehand. Uh, coach normally takes them through a small mobility sequence, and then I demo the, clas- the, the exercises, and then they do it. And then uh, depending on... The focus for the day, there would be like today was an Imam day. So it was a focus on every minute on the minute. And so that's how we we focus on adding some, some flares to our workout where it's like, okay, today is, you know, pick your poison. You're choosing either cardio or strength or a combination of both. And so um, little things like that to make it, you know, more interesting when you're mm. coming to a class instead of, you know, the same generic, oh, I'm getting on – this piece of equipment for this long doing this after that, it's like, Oh, you get into a routine. You just get bored. Like, Oh, for sure. You'll never be doing the same thing. Back to back days. That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. Sounds exciting. i was gonna check it out for sure. Yeah. See what's, what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be good, man.
1: It, it, when I first did a couple of their workouts just to see if I even liked what they were doing, it was like, damn, this is art. Like <laughs> it's, if you're not used to doing cardio, you will be in for a pleasant surprise. So great. But the
0: only real cardio I've been up to
1: is like snowboarding and I play basketball like every once
0: in a while. Yeah. Maybe once two twice a month, maybe. Just lifting. Yeah. So I've gained weight and now I'm like going to play basketball. Was, like, puffing oh, and puffing. I'm like, damn. Yeah. yeah, I feel strong, but um I need to get back into some conditioning for sure. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's been awesome having you, like catching up with you. And yeah, I didn't know a lot of like your progression from where you started I knew you had quite a bit of experience because when you came to pro club you just got the impression like you kind of knew your shit Mm -hmm. and like yeah it's it's interesting that
1: you say that because it's like you come in like being a new person and you're like oh I'm I'm a small fish in a big pond you know it's like you don't know how people perceive you and for me it's I've never I've tried to focus on like not caring about what other people think yeah I'm just gonna come in here and be the best that I can be and so it's, it's cool to hear that because it's something where, you know, I, I know. there's so many people that I looked up to and, you know, you were one of them, Sean, Justin, I mean, Saul, Min, um, I mean, there was just, absolutely there's OGs there, man, that knew yeah. their stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, but uh, working with the new hires for, I don't even know, it was like before Justin left, how long ago was that? <sighs> That's when I because he was the one. Yeah, he just like invited me to go into an FMS thing and talk about breathing. Hmm. And uh, he was like, "So next portion, we're going to talk about some breathing with this FMS stuff." Josh, I was just like, I just went nuts. (laughs) And then since then, it was like not long after that he stopped teaching because he left. And then somehow, like Nate Shebig and like Corey and I ended up taking over all the functional movement stuff. Hmm. But. Going through that and, like, seeing lots of trainers come in and going, like, just kind of the nature of the club. We have over 100 trainers. There's turnover. Yep. Um, I'm not always a great gauge of who's going to be good and not good, but just a vibe of who's, like, taking it serious or mm-hmm. who's, like, professional, like, wanting to come in and learn. Like, always got a good vibe from you, like, pretty early on. Like, I mean, there's people I don't even remember anymore because they come and go. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm meeting with Josh Martin, you know, this weekend, and most of people now are like, who? And I'm like, you don't know Josh. <laughs> it's like, how do you not know? Because, like, the impression that you left yeah. is, I don't know Thanks, man. I thought people would remember yeah. you, but there's people that have never even met you. So. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. That is, do <laughs> you I mean, not know this guy, like,
1: yeah, it's, it's definitely something where, you know, time, um, it's been a lot of time since I've been at pro, but like the, the stuff that I learned there and just the opportunities that you're given <laughs> are few and far between, man, you know, yeah, and I mean, the fact that you're leading FMS now, I mean, like in, in doing more educational stuff, like that's awesome. You don't get that at a lot of, other gyms it's the opportunity to to showcase your skills i mean yeah
0: it's fun um yeah we're trying to build out a couple other courses like nate has been teaching more ccus and he just did one last week on like biomechanics and like movement and all that stuff and then we're going to do a workshop one i think i'm gonna help him with that and actually getting into honestly the big thing for us is like just execution hmm. of an exercise like it yep. can be like simple but like how do we make it I would make like our clients execute it really well with like the least amount of cues and like just setting up the environment so they can have success. Um, like we're, we're pretty into that stuff and like trying to come up with like curriculum where we can teach all the other trainers, like some of our mindset on the stuff. Cause I don't know, it's cool when you can like get people moving, like get you them know, moving better. They feel better. And like, I don't know, that's, that's exciting. To me. Yeah. Like that stuff.
1: It, it's, it's funny you mentioned that cause it's something that I was talking to one of my clients, David about it today. Cause I was telling him I was meeting with you cause he, he follows, he still goes to pro. He does, um, he sells a membership there. And so he follows you, he follows, um, he sees a couple of other people. And uh, we were talking about his experience at pro. And, uh, you know, he had lost 100 pounds by himself and just dedicated, you know. And we had an opportunity where he was scheduled for a get started. I had to reschedule him because something came up. And so I was like, man, I'm going to lose my shot with him. No one likes to have their <laughs> stuff rescheduled. But um, after that, he was like, I would love for you to show me the machines. I'm like, okay. At that time, at that it's like I know machines aren't the best. You know, that's not the ideal way you want to start somebody. So we did um, – I started off doing an FMS with him. And that literally changed his whole perspective on what he – Like he realized like, wow, I am, he's very performance driven and wants to be better. And he realized like, wow, my balance is not great. I can't move well here. Like I have a lot of imbalances, X, Y, Z. And I was able to kind of like, Hey, this is where you're at. This is where we can get to with doing these things. Like, let me help you get there. Um, and that's pretty cool. I, see, I don't hear a lot of success stories of like, most people don't use the FMS that
0: much. And to be honest, I don't even use it that often, maybe mm-hmm. for like a couple of the movements. Yeah. So just kind of developed a different thing. But to hear that as like, it changed somebody's perspective on the way that they think they should set up the way that they do strength mm-hmm. training. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And so with with that, it was, I, I showed him a few machines and I was like, Hey, David, I want to let you know that, you know, this is not a bad route to go, but I know I'd love to show you a few other things that could um, you can get a, or bang for your buck. Would you be interested? You know, so you give them a little bit of what they want, and this is something where you know I love to get into the podcast world myself. Like I want to interview him and have him tell about his experience because he's going to go into more detail. But like it's as a coach, where I feel like people miss the mark is you have to make it achievable for them. Like if you start them off of day one. And you have them do a crazy workout and they feel like absolute crap. They're like, I couldn't do the things he asked me to do. I felt like, like let's say they're overweight and you're throwing them on the ground doing stuff. It could feel like just exposed. Right. And nobody talks about that stuff. You know, it's like what to do with certain clientele, how to progress programming that allows them to feel like they're getting small wins. They're like, oh, I'm I'm winning. I'm winning this workout. I I achieved this. I still have this to improve on, but I've had enough wins in this workout where it's like, okay, I feel good coming back. And you literally just continue to keep building on that. And then all of a sudden they're deadlifting, like David deadlifting 335 or 345 for, you know, three to six reps. It's like, if I would have started doing, you know, (laughs) trap bar deadlift to begin with, he'd be like, what am I doing? Like, I don't feel comfortable. And so it's like, that's an art. That's the art of coaching Absolutely. that I feel like I'd love to dive into that with you a little bit more because I feel like, I like teaching coaches, that would help them tremendously in their career, you know, because it will pre- it'll prevent people from like, oh, my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed. I, I feel like I didn't – I'm a failure. And they're coming to you to try and not fail, right? <laughs> This is actually part of the reason,
0: um, the way that we teach the FMS, uh, I don't know if we did it when you were there. We flipped around some of the movements to be like the easiest things first. Um, like the shoulder mobility, just things that where they're standing. Yeah. And then if they struggled with like that and like the active leg raise and some of the like core stuff, especially if they're weight right? Getting on the ground. Like sometimes just didn't really want to go and do that with them. Um, if they were already struggling to do those like couple of things, like we know that the other stuff probably is gonna yeah. you know. So but, like we organize it that way. I don't I uh-huh. don't know what FMS would think about that, but um that's just a, a big thing for us coming where we're working with a lot of general pop, like a lot of people have never worked out in the gym ever, like trying to put them in a situation where we can get some like information about mm-hmm. the way they move, but like not making it so like, well, that's a zero or that's a one. Like yeah. I don't even tell them to be honest. Like, just like, oh, I want to see this. Like, I'll test this. A lot of stuff I do now is, like, passive. Yeah. Just a couple of tests to kind of see where their body's at and then let's go. Like, mm-hmm. And, but yeah. that's the next part that I would love to, like, really organize and break down, like, what is next? And, like, what is, like, the simplest thing that you could possibly do for this particular, like, a squat? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody should learn how to squat and split squat. But, like, how do you start somebody, yeah. you know, who's overweight, who's never exercised? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe it is a leg like, press on the, like, the super easy machine you don't have that what's the next best thing you could do like i would love to break it down super simple and progress it up and that's what we're going to do with yeah. our with Nate in our class and taking into consideration like biomechanics and other stuff but
1: because if you don't um, do if, if you're not providing that for you know your trainers or anybody that you work with they're going to try and find it online and that's a crapshoot in itself yeah right
0: it's for sure <laughs> Well, the things that are cool online are, like, these, like, super sexy things. And, like, yeah, I mean, I, I see it all the time. Like, just here at the New Year, there's, like, even guys in their younger 20s, but like, they come in and they're, like, trying some really high-level stuff. And it's like, man, they're going to get hurt. Yep. And, uh, I like, it's not to try and make fun of them. It's just, like, I know they want to be able to deadlift, but that's just not the most appropriate thing for where you want to go. Like, yep. I mean, you got to build this pattern. and you got to build muscle. and You're 10 steps ahead of where you need to be, and I don't know. I'd love to figure out a way to just make that less awkward, maybe, Mm -hmm. and, like, I don't know, because you want to help people. Yeah. But I don't want to go and be like, dude, (laughs) what are you doing? Yeah. Uh. So how are you guys teaching your trainers that kind of stuff, like progression, regression? Like, do you have your own system? Is there something... In particular that you're
1: following or yeah. So right now it's, it's everybody's coming in with their own knowledge base, which is not bad. Obviously. I mean, people I've learned a lot, you know, coming to, to elevate, you know, different ways of doing, doing things like, Oh, this is a unique way to, um, to try this certain exercise. I, obviously coming from the functional movement side of things, you know, the ability to regress and progress, is kind of on the top of my head. And that's something that I want to have all of our trainers be, you know, versed with is having an exercise library session where we're going through lower body hip dominant, lower body knee dominant, you know, when we're creating a program, let's say it is, uh, you know, hamstrings, let's also say it's all posterior chain, you know, what are the movements that we should be incorporating? What are the sexy movements that necessarily like, Hey, we don't need to do that like what are the movements that people the need risk reward? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> risk reward. is like, you know, when you think about high intensity, a lot of jumping, we, tr- we, we incorporate that to, you know, in the, in our workouts, but that's not all that we do. You know, we have assault bikes, we have rowing machines, we have skier, we have one air runner. Uh, we have turf. That's cool. So it's sandbags, kettlebells. So we, there's no machines. There's literally no machines. We don't have, uh, we have, Uh, handles with resistant bands that we put up to the rig. So it's not like it's not your normal facility. And so it's, um, you know, getting creative with what we have available. Um, But also, like you mentioned, risk versus reward, like making sure, like not just for the sake of making high intensity that we just throw in, um, you know, I think burpees are, are looked at as like, oh my gosh, if you're doing a burpee, you're a horrible person or a horrible trainer. It's something where, you know, Mike Boyle, I think, you know, He's very clear on he's, there's a lot of trainers out there that are against burpees, which, you know, we could have a debate on that. But it's something where I feel like if your wrists are okay, if your knees are, are fine, um, if your mobility and your hips are where they should be, a burpee is not a bad exercise. It's something where if you're overweight, you have bad knees and you just had surgery on your wrist, then why in the hell are you thinking about doing the burpee?
0: Yeah, and there's, like, certain things I'll make exceptions for, especially
1: if people want to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just don't like doing them. So I don't make people do them very much. Yeah. But But um, I'm not, like, totally against them. Yeah. I, mean,
1: and, I don't yeah. know. And I've never – I've kind of fallen into it, and then I've gotten out of it and I'm trying to stay out of it, of that, like, I'm anti-this. Yeah, I've been trying to get better at that, too. Because it's like there's too many people out there that are like, oh, it's this way or the hi- or, or the highway. It's like it's only this way. There, like, there are some things that I've
0: really – don't like and mm-hmm. I see them in the gym just because I, I think execution is a big part of it. Yep. And the bang for your buck. Yep. And that some things I just think people are wasting their time on. Mm-hmm. Um not that the exercise itself uh is a bad one. It's just like for the one that I think I actually had a debate with my roommate about this was uh bandwalks. I mean, band Mini bandwalks. Mini bandwalks. I think a lot of times they're just executed very poorly. And most people are just probably wasting their time when they could be doing a different version of that to get their glutes fired up. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably like a better way to put them in an environment where they could get more out of it instead of just like lazily going. That's just one of the exercises that just drives me nuts. So yeah. I'm like, what are you really are you doing, doing now? Like, what yeah, are you really good. doing? I see it even with like uh, physical therapy sometimes. So like It's just like, what is that even okay. accomplishing? You know, it's like, it's not that the exercise itself is bad. It's that people are executing it poorly. Yep. And there's other ways to get your glutes fired up that I think are better anyway, but that's, that's just that's my, that's for, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I'd love to,
1: to pick your brain on that, but getting back to, I think your original question of, you know, how are we doing that with our trainers? Yeah. Is like, that's right now. One of my focuses down the road. It's like getting mm. us on the same page of when we program. Cause right now, let's say, uh, RFE is what I've known them as rear elevated split squat. Mm. People call them Bulgarians. People, you know, back foot elevated split squat. Like that. There's so many, there's so many, but it's like coming to an understanding and I don't want to necessarily be the one who's like, this is the way it is. Like I want to get a consensus and make sure, Hey, we know this exercise is the same because it's going yeah. kind to of benefit our members. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. So i okay, like speaking the same language. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then a step deeper is how do we get them to cue? Because in a class of 15, 20 people, hey, Tanya, make sure that you're tucking your hips. You know, tuck your (laughs) tail when you're you're in that plank. It's like, okay, tuck my tail. I've talked about that before. Okay, that makes sense. They're doing it. That way you don't have to go over there, you know, when you're already helping, you know, somebody else. And so cueing, but also like knowing that um, Katie has bad knees and there's squat jumps in the program. What are you going to do? be anticipatory of that and know the members and know their issues. And that's just like next level training. Like that's when you're, when you're on a different level, you know, everybody in the room, their injuries and how to modify. And it's like, you can do that with your eyes closed. In addition to having a new person come in and trying to work out like that's when you're on like <laughs> Bruce Lee type. Yeah. That's training. That's cool. And so that's something for me. Cause I do do coach. Like I love coaching Saturdays, and that's probably when I'll have you come in and try a Saturday workout. But being able to, one, get them motivated, get the energy going, but also make sure they're not going to hurt themselves, you know. And so that's something where I want to be able to spend more time with our trainers with that and be able to hear what they have to say. Like, hey, what do you think we can do for making something more high intensity without just doing squat jumps? Like what can we do, you know, and looking at different different. Things and hearing hearing them, because if I'm the one who's just preaching them saying this is the only way, they're not gonna feel you know, they're not gonna feel good. They're like, oh I have I have stuff that I've learned and being able to hear, like, okay, why are you doing a stability ball squat on the wall? Tell me why. What what is it working? Is it the best thing? How does it feel? And let's explore other options. Like, let's say if there's a better way that Um, to get the same effect you know and getting trainers to think why are they doing what they're doing
0: i had a really fun time with our new hire group i took the last hour that we do the fms stuff and we just talked about progression and regression and uh kind of debated over what was what did we take we took uh the hinge and squat i think those are like the big ones that we covered and it was like the squat like what's the easiest squat you could do And, like, we made a list. I made them, like, wrote it all out. And we're like, do we all agree that this is it? If you don't, like, say something. And it was, like, super engaging. It was actually really fun. That's awesome. And I um, tried to stay out of it as much as possible. But from time to time, I was like,
1: I think there's something else we could could think of here. Like, it was fun. I love to pick your brain on that, too. Because, I mean, when we do an exercise library section, I mean, we're going to chop up core movements, you know, upper body push, upper body pull, you know. Cardio, like conditioning, stuff like that is it's because as as the as the manager, I don't want to be seen as the person who's like, this is like I don't want to manage with like a dictator. You know, yeah, I want people right, to be right. able to let their creative juices flow and, and their experience, you know, be come together,
0: like, come together and come together and exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's
1: like we as a team, because I'm sure when you did that with your people, they were like, you know, it wasn't just you lecturing.
0: Because yeah, well, if they lectured, they would have fallen asleep, boring. right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, I think what you probably did, when I, what I have experienced is, like, putting myself in their shoes, like, understanding, like, I've been on the other side of the spectrum where it's, I've been taught, you know, teach and it's, like, oh, oh, absolutely. Instead of, like, hey, Josh, what do you think about, you know, what are your top three squat exercises that you like to do? Or, you know, knee dominant. It's, like, okay, boom, boom, boom. And then go around the room. it's, like, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, it's learning for everybody. And sometimes even as the, as a teacher, like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, no. You know? That was so much fun. Um, I think some good resources are guys like uh, Mike Robertson. I've always been a huge fan of him. Yeah. I talk about him all the time. And then Pat Davidson. He's, okay. got, yep. he's got a really unique way of, like, just thinking about changing the environment. Is that R7? So that's what Mike, okay. Mike, Mike Robertson Okay, Pat Davidson is, uh, well, if you follow his social media stuff, he's like pretty extreme on like just getting attention there. But like his actual content where he he talks about training is like pretty deep, like biomechanics. But I like when he actually just gets into putting people in environments that get them to do what you want them to do without having to over cue them. Like, I think he's done a really good job of just like using the environment to like put people in a way that like now they feel their abs and they feel their hamstrings. Like I didn't even have to freaking tell them like, and it's been really useful in my training to, like, take mm. some of those ideas. And, like, so people are like, I don't feel my hamstrings. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do this drill. Or, like, maybe we're going to work on, like, locking out a, in our deadlift. And I don't want them to use their back. How to go and pick the drill in our warm-up. So it's like, you feel this. You feel your hamstrings, glutes, like you're walking out. Like, that's what I need you to feel when we do it later. And, like, mean you can pick whatever. Like, mm. yeah, this is what I want your core to feel when you go do this. Like, I think he's been really creative in the way that he sets up those exercises and so i've used some of those and kind of modified them to like what i have available to me mm. but i mean i don't know i'm a big fan of that it's like sure. just less queuing and more change environment um, yeah. and let people have success and work hard and i mean that's where they're going to get all the gain anyway so they sure. overthink it then the, like i could have somebody who's doing like a decent job and i just like want that one little thing and then i cue them and then it all falls apart i'm like oh shoot i just ruined this whole thing yeah so instead of that, like, maybe just give them something that changes the way that they have to use their body. Yeah. And it's been so much more fun for me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's like, all right, what can I do without messing this up? Yeah. And <laughs> also like, over, overwhelming them.
1: Yeah. And getting them to think on their own because, it's like, they're – as a trainer, we think, like, oh, we're going to be with this person forever. That's not the truth.
0: No. That is yeah. the
1: unfortunate but re- real truth is you're not going to be with the person that you're working with forever. And so it's like, how do you get them – to adopt your way of seeing and understanding the way you approach their goals or fitness. And so being able to get them to think on their own and allow them to fail sometimes, not obviously if they're in a compromising position, but it's like if they're doing kettlebell deadlift and you just spend some time after the movement talking about a few things to work on, let them do it. Don't be like, oh, do this, do this while they're doing it. It's like let them process what you just spoke about. Let them put it into action, actually see what they, what was absorbed and what wasn't and then cue after and then give some feedback after, you know? Absolutely. And that's where it's like
0: trying to come up with a way to what is appropriate and, and where can they like risk for reward? Where yeah. can we kind of step back and just kind of let them go? And know that they're not going to get hurt. And, you know, it might not look pretty, but they're figuring it out. Like let them struggle and like setting that expectation early though, too. Like, look, you might not feel what I want you to feel, or you might not be like, that's okay. That's part of the learning process. We're going to do everything we can to like put you in a way that helps you. And like, you just got to like figure it out, you know, Mm -hmm. like just go. Yeah. And then I don't know, you might be sore there tomorrow. Like you don't feel it today, but Mm -hmm. maybe a little later. And like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Hamstring curls are a perfect example. Like, you know, on a slide board like that eccentric hamstring curl, like, oh, this is so easy. I'm like, talk to me in two or three days. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then... <laughs> it's like, then, then we build up to the actual curl back in, you know? We can, I mean... Absolutely. Nerd out a little bit here, but...
0: Heck yeah. yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I like that stuff so much or why I've always been drawn to that stuff. Probably because I am terrible at squatting and so I've had to figure out how to... I still squat like I still need to figure it out and do it you know Mm -hmm. and so if I can just have a little wedge help me with my ankle like I can go squat weight yeah and it feels good and I don't feel like I'm gonna get hurt where before I'm just like basically hinging it (laughs) because I just had like no dorsiflexion but that's getting better too now that I'm just like squatting like over time like progressing away from the uh it decreased wedge, whatever Yeah. yeah or wedge um but it's like helping me still get stronger I'm hitting my goals as far as like gaining muscle not getting hurt I actually feel way better I'm getting closer to not having to use it but I don't know I've gotten into some base with people about that too about like you know how far do you put people in a crutch like a lift you know for their squat how is that actually gonna help them and I think yeah I think it is oh yeah, yeah. I mean I, I know when I first started too in the industry like nobody used that stuff but like nobody Like, no, you're not, you're just basically putting them in the pattern that they're already bad in or something. I don't know. I don't know what all the like arguments were, but it freaking works nice. Oh yeah. I mean, it's
1: like looking into Mike Boyle stuff, you should, I think he has some stuff online, but you know, just if they can't, if they're literally squatting and they're not getting into their hips, it's like, okay, try something else. Put it away. Like it's probably their ankle mobility or hip mobility, you know? So it's like, okay, what can you do? to help them get to that movement. Cause we know it's beneficial people squat all the time, but how do we get them to do it properly? And then you put them on a wedge and it's like magic happens. Oh yeah. It's, and then you incredible. continue to work on ankle mobility and
0: yeah. it's so like, like, yeah. So here's the thing with this. Like I have a really good example of why this works and it, how it can work so well It's like 12 year old volleyball player. Yeah. She did ballet for a long time. Pointing mm-hmm. her feet. Like she just oh, yeah. doesn't have great dorsiflexion. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, she needs to get stronger. Like, she just does. And yeah. so, I have a do bodyweight squat. She's a hinge in it. And so, I'm like, okay, we'll throw, like, the two-and-a-half-pound uh, plate under her heel. It's, like, it's a little better, but, yeah, you know, she can use it through the five-pound one. And it was awesome. Like, cleaned it all up. So, I only met with her once a week, and I still actually meet with her once a week. The first three sessions... We were doing squats that way, a lot of eccentric control, getting her to pause at the bottom. And then she wants to be able to jump for volleyball and, like, come up explosive. Yep. Within a couple weeks, we moved down to the two and a half. It looks really good. I'm like, oh, wow, that's progress, you know? That's awesome. I think we're about three or four months in now. She's goblet squatting a 50-pound dumbbell. She's, like, 95 pounds. That's awesome. It looks awesome. And she still has, like, sometimes her ankles are, you know, it's a thing. I mean, she's still playing all the time, like... There's a lot of things that could be going on with why her ankles get tied. We do a couple little drills at the beginning, and but she's crushing it. I'm like, yeah,
1: girl. Uh, I didn't have best. to do that
0: much. Like I just had to get her stronger. Yeah, and put her in the right environment. And yeah, we don't even use the lift at all anymore. Like not at all. Yep, it's I mean, pretty awesome. It's yep. really cool to see like how fast. She's able to go from like barely being able to do a body squat, like kind of knees all over the place to like crushing that 50. It was today actually. There you go. 50 pound dumbbell just crushing. I was like, man, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that brings me so much joy when that happens, when I see, you know, where they came from and to be like, Hey, this, it, it took time because nothing happens overnight, but it's like you continue to work on those things. And now, now you're here. And then guess what? Now your ceiling is, Oh, now that you can do the
0: things that are giving you more bang for your buck. I don't know. This is kind of a side note, but did Justin ever tell you when he first started pro club and he was looking at some of the more experienced trainers and he's like, why do they get all the clients who move good? And like, why?" Like did he yeah, tell you he, about that. He,
1: yeah. He did tell me. About oh, that's that. like, so interesting.
0: Like, cause I mean, I, never, I didn't have that thought coming in. I don't know. I was just overwhelmed. I didn't know. anything. Yeah. So I, but, uh, I wonder about that.
1: Um, yeah, and I have I kind of have my own thoughts too. Where it's like you can get like crazy on the spectrum of like all you focus on is oh like, for sure like, perfect like yeah nothing how perfect does it sure. need to be? That's another conversation we got. yeah. That's yeah. where I like
0: Pat Davidson. and he's really good about like he's really into like the PRI biomechanics stuff. But he's like you train a person who sits at a desk all day; they don't need to move like the professional athlete. No, like they just
1: need to like get stronger lose body fat, look better naked. Like that's exactly. what they want. <laughs> exactly. And so how are you going to take all the knowledge that you gained, make it digestible and actually for, for them? Yeah. Because you could, you know, have all the PRI certifications can stretch, you know, all the
0: FRC, FRC. Right? I mean
1: like you can bring and be a PT at the highest level man,
0: manual manipulating, whatever.
1: If they come and see you to lose 20 pounds of fat and all you're having them do like, yes, they need to move better. <laughs> but they also need to burn calories. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And so well, how do get you Stronger. Food? Most people, just, they need to get stronger. Exactly. And so it's like, how do you like, that's what makes us valuable because you're not going to find Like it's few and far between to find that on the internet. Like the personal touch we will are. Yeah. We are so valuable, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, but this
0: is another thing about wanting to do this podcast is there's a lot of people that leave the industry. Most of the people that we talked about who are our, like mentors, people we looked up to aren't personal training right now. Yeah. And it sucks. Cause it's like, I know they were even continuing to learn before they left. Like they were still interested and they like training, but the, for whatever reason, like the grind uh, at the beginning, but this is part of the reason I wanted to like, do there's people who are still in the industry. How do they find ways to stay? Mm-hmm. And um, it's still a pretty new thing. Like when we talk about this level of understanding and experience yeah. of like being able to give people a really good product. And then still thinking about making your sales. and so like there's a lot of stuff you have to learn to do that. And it's like years and years mm-hmm. of making a lot of mistakes.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, and it's something where what was the, the bigger um, like slogan? A slogan, the logo, um, the mm. slogan was like, leave it better than you found it, right? And that's where I feel like I don't, that's not like my driving force is to make everybody, like to make it, being that's my only focus, to make it better. Like, yes, I do want to make, to have people see personal training and fitness being like about moving well, about getting stronger and letting that affect every aspect of your life and leaving it better than you found it. Like that's, that's important. You know? And I think that's the reason, you know, you and I and other people are still in it. It's like, we want, we know there can be a better level of training out there. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, not only that, but I know, you know, I was, I was put on this earth to help people, to love on people, to build relationships. And, I've done that and I have passion in the health and fitness industry. And so it's like, I'm going to continue to do that to some capacity, most likely to the day I die because I love it, you know? And it's something where, yes, it may ebb and flow on what's popular and what's not, but the fact that we'll always be in demand, like what we provide for people, you know, and the ability to make it digestible because, If somebody wants to go online and and get on a program, they're going to have to digest all that information themselves and to find somebody like you and I and the other, you know, solid trainers out there that know how to give it to their clients in a way that's, you know, in a plate that's okay. It's not too much, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's part of my motivation
0: to try and set up like literally the most basic freaking thing that you go through on a machine, that's where like somebody would start. And and then after they go through like a certain program, gain some strength, like, okay, the next level is learning like these movements. And then that's where there's more commitment and more like level of understanding that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But just trying to meet people where they're at. Most people don't have any, and I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna work or not. Probably it's gonna gonna be difficult because obviously if it was easy, we'd have more people in shape and Mm -hmm. less issues with healthcare. you know but the need is there
1: yeah I mean mean, we're
0: all trying to figure out how to it's a crazy balance because obviously we love doing it and a lot of people that left the industry were like it was like my favorite job that I had but at the end of the day people still you know they want to be pushed to make they want to make more money especially if you live here in Seattle it's expensive like you have financial goals you know that you want to have a house you want to have like a family like it might not be the most sustainable job unless you can find certain ways to do it. And there's only a few people at Provo I can think of that have really figured out a way to do that. And yeah, no, no, that's, I'm out here looking.
1: Yeah, I mean, man. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing a great job of what you do, man. You're, you encourage me, you motivate me to be, you know, on the top of my game. So I, Want to definitely, you know, acknowledge you and uplift you for that, man, because it's something Thanks. where there's, uh, you know, few and far between the the people that are in it for the right reasons, you know, and it's like those people will stand the test of time, you know, and the people who are doing it just to make money or just to be insta famous is like those people will at some point will be weeded out, you know.
0: Yeah, so, I don't, I yeah, I don't want to be famous. I just want to have enough influence to be like this is a really good thing I should be doing to get healthier. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, like if you continue to be authentic to who you are and just put out the content that you're putting out, I mean, it will gain traction, you know, and it's something where it's just a matter of time, man. I mean, it's just a matter of time. And, um, you know, even (laughs) there's so much consumption going on where it's like, even if you get like a 0.001% of the pie, you're still getting some pie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then you get that, that loyal base, that fan base of people, and that the membership base. Then it's like, you know, and you develop some things to referrals and, and all that stuff. Like, are you following Brett Contreras? Yes, I do follow him. You yep. See
0: how much things are like ramping up for him. When we were at the summit, he was around 700 and some thousand followers. I haven't checked. It's over a million. That? I think now, I, or the last time I checked, it was really close. Dude is grinding away on that. Like, that's awesome. Like, he's hitting this. There's got to be a tipping point. Mm -hmm. This is another interesting thing with the fitness industry. The guys that we look up to, nobody would freaking know who they were. Like, the influence that they have, if you go look on social media, is maybe like tens of thousands of people that know Mm -hmm. and follow their content. Like, we want these people to be elevated to a point where they're like the celebrities that are millions and. Freaking tens of millions. Like, we want them to have that kind of influence. You know, it's just not really there in the fitness industry. There's a couple of names like when you think of fitness and that people could probably point out from like these TV shows, but I'm not really sure the quality of their content for people. I don't know. Yeah. Based on what I saw on TV it's probably not.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. So, I don't know. There's a lot of potential. It's a new industry. I mean, yeah, it's... it's I think that's another thing for you. Like, going in like owning a business progressing having success with it maybe thinking about doing it again I think there's gonna be other opportunities that come your way with that I'm sure I'm sure that, even know yet yeah you know? I'm, I'm sure there sure that will
1: like, it's you know um, you know it's continue to to one just be thankful and and, and understand the, the gift of what I you know what my wife and I have and taking advantage of it to the fullest you know understanding like hey every day is not like, is given to you, like, it's, 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 what is it, what I'm trying to say, like, no day is guaranteed, you know, so it's, like, making the most of each and every day, and really, like, waking up in the morning, like, why are you doing what you're doing, you know, and it's, like, remembering that, I think, puts you in a place where it's, like, okay, I, I do have impact on people, you know, and seeing it, those tough days where it's, like, it's Thursday or Friday, and you've had a long week, it's, like, okay, looking like, why don't why, why did I get into this? Oh, I was to help people like, oh, I forgot, you know, Janet, she's been coming with, you know, working with me for two years now and she's continuing to see progress. Like, okay, like this is why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, understanding that, you know, does help when the times cause I do it myself like working oh, yeah. 50, 60 hour weeks. It's like, why am I doing, why am I doing this? It's like, okay, there's a bigger reason than, just to make money, it's um, impacting people and wanting to make a difference in their lives so they can do that. They can have better marriages. They can have better relationships with their kids. They'll be able to do what they you know, want to do. I think a uh, hard part with training, too,
0: is you don't even really understand what your impact reach is sometimes. Yeah. And uh, even just since I've started doing the podcast, people will come up and like I wouldn't know unless they like liked it or mm-hmm. commented towards me, but they're like, oh, yeah, I listened to all of them. It's like, oh, really? totally surprised. I'm like, that's awesome. It's like, yep. Hopefully you're finding some value in it. Like, I wouldn't even have known. I'm like, um, but those are big wins for me. Yep. Like some random person listening to my stuff. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, but I still have those days too where I'm like, oh, yeah, do I really want to do this? Like, I mean, that, that Thursday, Friday, <laughs> 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 I'm not even working as much as you are. And I was like, you know, I'm just like, it's almost relatives. seven okay. years in of training. And, know know. we're getting we're transitioning from like a pretty busy time january february i'm still keeping pretty busy and i still like have other goals and things i want to do and uh, it's finding the time for all that and still having your balance with your family relationships doing your other stuff like it can be a challenging field and i'm sure like with uh spending as much time as you are at the gym like is your wife still at Boeing?
1: Yeah, she's still at Boeing. Um, what is her schedule like? She's working 40 hours a week. Um, Do you guys so, get a lot of time together? Uh, I changed my schedule a little bit uh, because I, I was granted for the first couple months and it was just, uh, I didn't get enough time with her. You know, yeah. I was just like, yeah. this is, the whole goal of doing this was to be able to, you know, <laughs> one, help us go in a direction where, you know, we'll be able to live our dream, you know. Make a good living for ourselves, but also be able to have more time for us. And Absolutely. understanding that, you know, the first couple of months were were grind to get things going, but now it's been able to get my schedule where we're seeing each other for, you know, a couple hours in the evening instead of like forty-five minutes to an hour. You know, It's super important. So yeah, and
0: that's another thing I'm still trying to figure out as far as my own scheduling and like what's going to work for me. Getting my own workouts. Yep. Yeah, getting time with friends and you know, it's like. Yeah,
1: and then working on, you know, your, you know, on your uh, own personal stuff too, where it's like growth, you know, personal development. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like man, I'm I'm still trying to figure out the best way to make all that happen. You know, and so it's 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 a learning it's a learning process. But
0: thank you for listening to a Practical Trainer podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Josh Martinson, I'll be sure to have him on in the near future. And I had another episode lined up for you with Chris Warner, where we had talked about some controversial topics. But I recently upgraded a bunch of the um, audio, actually some of the video too. And so a lot of the content that I had with Chris is on a totally different uh, desktop, and I'm not able to get that conversation on the actual Anchor podcast. And so... Hopefully here in the near future, I can have Chris back on and we can chat uh, again and make it even that much better. But I will have a couple other people on in the near future. Janelle Chow and Tasha Whalen are both lined up to come chat with me. I'm also going to sit down with uh, Nathan Keeney again. He wanted to share some more things that he's up to. So... Um, this is kind of our busy time of year for training. So we're all pretty busy schedules are, are, it's really hard to get people in. And so I've had a lot of reschedules and I've had to cancel on people. And it's just kind of the nature of our job as personal trainers this time of year, but there will be more podcasts coming your way, um, slowly, but surely, thank you for listening.